Happy Monday. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with me. No jokes, please. We are not. We are not in a joking mood. All of us hair trigger tempers. I, you, you may know that we are going to get some snow later this week, depending on what part of the province you're in, depending how much it is. It's not going to be a big wallop, but we will get some snow. And here is a cautionary tale. A cautionary tale for you, especially if you happen to be a public figure. Under no circumstance, under no circumstance, post a picture of your significant other shoveling the driveway while you're inside. Do not do this. This is the warning that is coming to you from Manitoba's Minister of Economic Development and Jobs, a guy by the name of John Reyes. What, what, did, what, what sin did he commit? By the way, this thing has spread so wide now, it's on TMZ. It's everywhere. So here's the story. Over the weekend, John Reyes, Manitoba's Minister of Economic Development and Jobs, tweeted out, quote, Even after a 12-hour night shift at the hospital last night, my wife still has the energy to shovel the driveway. And there's a picture of her outside. Looks like it's from, you know, second floor of the, of the house, looking down upon her. And she's working, working hard shoveling the driveway. Well, Minister Reyes got lit. Lit! Uh, people went back through his social media post, post and discovered that a couple hours earlier he was watching some tennis on television. People were like, what's wrong, with your, what's wrong with your hands? Why are you not outside? Why aren't you shoveling? His wife eventually tweeted, like, I just wanted to shovel the walk. My goodness. And that is now, that is the tweet being read all around the world. Careful what you put on social media, folks. It is a no-humor zone. We're in a no-joke zone right now. For the next little while, jokes are not allowed. You have been warned. Coming up on the radio program, have you, have, have you fallen into the Wordle trap yet? Wordle is a love affair. It has based on a love affair. So what is this thing? It's, it's this new viral game. It is everywhere. It's gumming up your social media feeds, I'm, I'm certain, it began with a software engineer just trying to entertain his partner. It's the story of Wordle and the secret of its success coming up on the radio program. You know what it's all about, though? It's all about the power of scarcity. Because there's only one Wordle a day. Come back tomorrow. The power of scarcity. And speaking of scarce, green space. How about this for a transition? Green space. In urban settings, increasingly scarce. Should cities like Hamilton, London, Toronto, talking to you, should those cities be in the business of operating municipal golf courses? Like, for example, in the city of Toronto, why do we have golf courses in the middle of the city? When you, if, you don't, if you don't have a tea time and a bag, you don't get to enjoy the green space? How's that fair? How's that equitable? City Councilor Brad Bradford will join me to talk about the situation in Toronto and how it really applies you know, to a, a real rethink of green spaces and how we use them, and should we have, should we have municipal golf courses? That gets the, that gets the duffers upset. I'll tell you, I tell you, the the duffers they they don't have any room for jokes. And then our Sean O'Shea is in Collingwood. Our Sean O'Shea is in Collingwood. Are uh, you looking to hit the slopes as we talk about getting outside, getting out there? Uh, if you're thinking of going and hitting some of the ski hills in Ontario, what kind of what kind of 
restrictions do we have under this new modified stage two? What should you be thinking about? Can you even get a spot? Do you have to, you know, be two meters apart on the chairlift? That's going to be, that's going to be tricky. That is all coming up on the radio program. What are we looking at number-wise? we got to look at it. Here's the numbers. Hospitalizations, these are the two key numbers we have to look at. Now, forget case counts. They're basically meaningless. Hospitalizations, 2,467. That is up by 48 in the past 24 hours. ICUs, up 26 to 438. Give you a little bit of context. Uh, during the uh, height of the last wave, last March, April, May, in that area, we were over 900. So, but it is going up. It is continuing to escalate. It doesn't have the same kind of trajectory that the case counts do. But of course, we know that case counts, lagging indicators of hospitalizations, lagging indicators of ICUs, and perhaps even worse outcomes. Uh, on the line is uh, Dr. Peter Uni, Scientific Director for Ontario's COVID 19 Science Advisory Table. Always great to have you on the program, Dr. Uni. Welcome. Thanks for having me again. Uh, give me a sense if, if we are talking lagging indicator and we don't have any indication that case counts mean much of anything, where do you see hospitalizations and ICUs going over the next two weeks? Well, it really depends now how um, this all will kick in. You know, people really decrease their mobility, but I'm not quite sure yet by how much. I need one or two more days of observation time. And in addition, of course, we have had the restrictions. So, if we're a bit lucky, we would see um, things slow down a tiny bit, you know, by the end of this week. But then we're a bit lucky. I can't possibly tell you. And what we know right now is that the average from uh, that's from data from the UK that the average delay between hospital admission and ICU admission has increased to about seven days. So the ICU will come considerably later. So um, if things go well, you know, we will be able to charge a bit where we're going with hospital admission Wednesday, Thursday. Remember, the re what we're getting in terms of numbers on Sunday and Monday is not based on full reporting. It's only partial reporting. There are some hospitals that don't. So tomorrow we will get undiluted hospital occupancy. And we will see where this is going then um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I would hope that we will see a little bit of a less steep slope for hospital occupancy Friday, Saturday. But we will see how it goes. It depends on all of us. So is that the key number then when we start talking about peak now? We, we no longer talk about case counts because we don't know, really know what the cases are. So it's peak. When you talk about peak on this wave, it's going to be hospitalizations? Yeah, we need to be aware of this is not just, you know, it would not be a regular peak what we're talking about. This is about us trying to blunt the wave and delay the peak as much as we can so that we are able to sort of manage the uh, admissions to our hospitals and to our ICUs. So right now, perhaps we're a little bit lucky and we'll, we'll just see that this uh, slowing down of hospital admission starts to happen around the coming weekend. Con considering that that is a key metric um, and we're waiting for the province to say something about whether kids go back to school next week, is it possible to actually make that determination 
uh, in, you know, like on Thursday and Friday and make a decision reliably about, about schools for Monday? Look, I think what is important to realize is that, that, that the harm of school closure is so overwhelmingly large. Uh, also, when we, you know, when we look now at Ontario data, we did that last week also at the science table, that we really should just make sure that we can keep schools as safe as possible and really just go back to in-person learning. That's the only thing, you know, we just uh, need to focus on right now. And then we need to monitor the situation. I hope we will also have wastewater surveillance to our help relatively soon, plus uh, what's happening indeed with hospital and ICU numbers. But the school decision from uh, the perspective of the science table, we have consensus there, I believe, um, should not depend on anything else but just the you know the look at the harm that we're doing okay then how do, how do uh, masks and advisories about to moving to n95 and ditching cloth masks how does that all play into uh, safety in schools so first of all you know with the, the masking part what is just really important is to be pragmatic there and just say we try to do it as good as it gets. So, you know, a three-layered cloth mask that has been washed is a good start, especially if it fits well. You need to, to really focus on the fit of the mask, no gaps. It really needs to, you know, just mold along your nose and face. That's really important. And then um, uh, in every situation, just uh, try to have an optimum, you know, the combination, for instance, of a medical mask below and the cloth mask on top to improve the fit of the mask is something that works as well and not everybody needs n95 and um, then you know there are also other possibilities the kf94 that's the uh, that's the korean standard or the kn95 that's the chinese standard if these if, if these are uh, you know proper products they're actually really good too so let's be pragmatic here and just try to, good, uh, to to get it as good as it gets. What we shouldn't do is just single-layered cloth masks. And if we can leave the double-layered cloth masks for three layers, that's all a good start. Uh, Dr. Uni, last question to you. Uh, are, are we expecting more modeling um, sooner than we would normally because of the, the wave that we're in with Omicron? It's notoriously difficult um, to uh, figure out where this is going because uh, the testing system was overwhelmed and the testing strategy changed. Um, but uh, of course, my colleagues um, are looking into that, you know, as we speak, as a, as a matter of fact, we have a meeting also this afternoon to find ways, you know, to move forward. But one just needs to be aware of it's a completely different situation. As you said, as you pointed out before, we can't uh, use the case counts anymore. Dr. Uni, thank you again for your time. Be well. Thanks a lot. That is Dr. Peter Uni, who is the Scientific Director of Ontario's COVID-19 Science Advisory Table, uh, looking at uh, that key number of hospitalizations. Interesting to hear Dr. Uni there talking about that the, the, the data on hospitalizations and ICUs should not be the metric that is being used to determine whether or not kids go back to in-person learning on Monday. That the overwhelming societal harm, the harm to kids, to health, uh, their mental health, to families, that that has to be taken into account. And it's not strictly the numbers that even with the lag time, we're going to know that the lag time, even if hospitalizations begin to plateau, we can still see ICUs continue to go up over the next couple of weeks.